I want to do this. Uh, those that are watching you that are in this room, I want to talk today about understanding prophets, prophecy. Uh, I want to have enough time to lay this out, but I want to show you a video. Now, this was the first time that I think we found that I shared the dream, but I, it seemed like I had the dream before the actual date that I said this. But we have what we call prophetic pulse uh, conference call. Where we do kind of a live stream thing where we do it like every, what, four to six weeks, something like that. And uh, this one was from December uh, 9th, I believe it was, that I shared this 2019, this dream. It's a very short clip. But it has to do with the election, has to do with God saying what would happen uh, and what would, you know, kind of be the initial outcome or prognostication, uh, prediction, whatever, and then what we were supposed to do. So if we would go ahead and show that around the world, but also for these here, then I'll come back and we'll, we'll get into the message. Listen, the second dream was uh, I was looking at a big screen TV and there were reporters on it and they said by early projections, Trump is losing. So I was watching a big screen. The reporters were reporting on this huge big screen. By early projections, Trump is losing. And again, I don't fear the outcome because immediately in the dream, I, I, I said, what are they saying? This can't be true. And I went and people were sleeping. I started knocking all over the city and I was going in and all through different, it, it seemed like different states and I was knocking frantically on people's doors saying, wake up. And people started waking up and they started gathering around this big screen television and all of a sudden there were different reporters on and the screen, Brenda, was in high, extreme high definition. And all of a sudden everything began to shift and change. And in the dream, the Lord said to me, what you're seeing is like everything was fresh. Everything was new. Everything was good and different. And it wasn't the mm. outcome of what the early reporters were saying. Yeah. God's mercy had touched this land Praise and the people God. were getting behind it. And that's the, the message that we need to bring to you today is, mm. is focus on the mission of mercy. Focus on the fact that there is a spiritual battle right now to try to stop the heart, mind, will, intent, and agenda of God. And we need to pray. And it's not the prayers of many, that, that, because many aren't praying. It's the prayers of few that can shift and turn this Just thing about around. Listen, how many of you heard that? So by early projections, he was losing. Uh, people were asleep. And God was trying to extend mercy to the nation and the outcome. And what we needed to do was we needed to thank God for his mercy, but stay in an alert position because there would be, what, spiritual warfare. And I'm saying that because um, I was actually down uh, Fort Worth, Texas on the night of the election. And I was watching the different maps that, you know, we had access to look at different things and how the election was being played out than probably most of you that were watching just the general uh, news because they had to make projections. And I was watching how counties and, and uh, cities were going red. I mean, it was like a red wave was just covering the whole map. And it was even in battleground states. And I'm not making this up. This is the truth. We're not putting a spin on it. This is true. And how many of you, you saw some of the same things happen. And then all of a sudden, I felt something shift. It's like in the spirit over the nation. And I remember sitting there getting ready to go live as I was on the, on the set. And I felt something shift over the nation. And all of a sudden they said uh, that there was uh, the man that was running against President Trump was going to make an announcement. That was Biden. 
And so soon as he got on and began to make his announcement, I began to watch everything just come to a freeze and a standstill. It was weird. And it was almost like as he got up and he made his announcement, it was almost like the clarion call, all right, let's go and do what we're going to do. This was pre-planned. They already knew what they were going to do. And they already knew at any given point when the battleground states would look like that they were going to go the way of our president, that they were going to go into action and freeze everything. That, my friends, is not a fair election. And those of you that are United States citizens, you have a right and you should fight for your democracy and for your vote. 600,000 votes, 200,000 votes don't show up in one to two hour period for the same candidate. That ain't right. You don't find the party of the left, their ballots being found in rivers, dumpsters, or videos. No, I'm being honest. Are we talking about the truth here? So we got to talk about this because there's a lot of folks, and God said something to me very sobering to me. He said, it grieves my spirit and angers me that my people are attacking my true prophets and deeming them as false while they declare the news to be true at the expense of throwing away their democracy. If this thing was fair and things would not have been frozen and the amount of evidence that is starting to pile up on ballots of people's votes that never were counted or people who aren't even alive. In fact, happy birthday to that gentleman that's 170 years of age that voted. We should be outraged. We are willing, we should be willing as true patriots to endorse whatever the outcome is, based on a fair and honest election. But 46 does not exist. Because you cannot have the news media in an election that has not been verified and still being contested. You cannot announce a winner. And you cannot do it under those circumstances. All since 2016, they have proven their agenda to want to remove this man. They have shown time and time again that they have not been a friend of your conservative values and for the man that is standing in this land. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, then why is the news so quick to remove his name, even off of social media, the title given to him? that still stands in the land? Why are they willing to push hard to concede? Because there's something going on more so than just the news. It's called a spiritual battle. Now, I want to talk about this. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. At the beginning of, of, really it was about August of last year, God began to declare, and even around the time of our conference, He began to declare what 2020 and this new decade would begin to hold for the earth and for the people. 
And one of the things that God said very clearly in August of 2019, how many of you are tracking with our, our ministry? And you can also go out to hankandbrenda.org and you can see under prophetic perspectives many of these prophecies. And the Lord said that this decade would be known and declared as the decade of difference. How many remember that? Has it not been different? He then defined it that there would be, in September of 2019, he said that the year would start off of this new decade that would be different, would start off harsh. How many remember that prophecy? Has it been harsh? He then said that one of the things that we would see in the harshness of how the year would start and this new decade of difference, we would see, as it was, a prophetic narrative that would be like in the days of Israel and Egypt. How many ever watched the Ten Commandments? So he said, look to the narrative prophetically. Jesus did that many times where he would say, for example, as in the days of Noah. He was trying to give a prophetic narrative so that they would understand what the conditions and what was happening in their culture, what was happening in the earth, what was happening in the spirit realm. Are you listening? So God already said, it will be like Egypt and Israel. It'll start off harsh. And then he said, September of 2019, there would be plagues. How many remember that prophecy? So what is God doing? All of this is, is being played out before us. And one of the things that he said about 2020 is that it would be the year of double vision. Now, oftentimes when you're in a storm or you're in a situation, how many of you have ever been in a situation and you didn't know how in the world you got there, but how you were going to get out of it? I heard one preacher say, when it comes to God, we need to stop saying, you know, how. He said, we need to start saying, get the how out of here. Because God always surprises us on how he does things and the way that he moves. But notice God gave us 2 Chronicles 2020. We were declaring this. We were saying this before 2020. Notice what it says. Believe in the Lord your God. One of the hardest things for Christians to do is to be patient and wait on the Lord. David even cried out, How long, O Lord? How many understand that? They didn't like it when Jesus was uh, told the news of his best friend, Lazarus, being dead. And Jesus waited two more days because he's not afraid to make you wait so that you will ultimately trust him and that you also will worship him in the outcome. He also doesn't mind making you wait because he allows the devil to announce himself to have victory so he can rise up and declare himself as victor. We see that with Pharaoh. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Pharaoh announced his victory, but God rose up as a victor. We saw this with the scribes and Pharisees who looked at Jesus, and as he was hanging upon the cross, and his body was beaten and bloodied. He was the lamb, according to Isaiah 53, the lamb that was led to the slaughter. And as he was unrecognizable as man, and even as people walked by, the Hebrew literally says, we were appalled. We couldn't even look. We hid our face from him. Yet the scribes and the Pharisees were declaring victory. They took down his body, and they still declared victory. But God allowed them to declare victory so that he could rise up, as they called him a false prophet, so that he could rise up as victor. They put his body in the grave, 
Hell began to rejoice. We've got him. Ha! Just like the devil's doing now over this nation. And yet something appeared in the belly of hell like Jonah was in the belly of the whale. The son of God, Jesus, Yeshua, an innocent man went into hell for us. And they thought they had the victory, but the victor arose, stripped him of his, whatever he had, come on, the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and triumphed over him with a public display. And I'm here to tell you, we are going to see God once again rise up with a public display, showing himself as the victor. Now, notice what this verse says, because people are going kind of what I call the, uh, Lance Wanoff probably said it better than I do, they're going the adolescent way. They're, 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 well, the prophets have all missed it. Well, first of all, why are you basing that the prophets all missed it when no one has really been declared and inaugurated? Why are you declaring that the prophets are all wrong because you're listening to the news? And if you understood the prophetic narrative that's being played out, like Jesus said, is in the days of Noah, as the prophecy from August of 2019, September 2019, it'll be like Israel and Egypt. That's one of the prophetic narratives that's being played out. You say, how? How? Listen. How many ever watched the Ten Commandments? So they, the children of Israel, went through plagues with Egypt until about the fourth uh, plague. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, a lot of theologians say they did, and here's why. It wasn't until about the fourth plague that the finger of God showed up, and at that moment, God said, all right, I'm going to make a difference between my people, Israel, and Egypt. Up until that point, there was never a pronouncement or a decree from heaven or the finger of God, his action, that there was any kind of difference or distinction made. Why would he need to say that if there was already distinctions? God was making a point. I've stepped in. I want to show Pharaoh the difference. And I want to show my people the power of my grace. So what happened is they went through plagues. Did we go through a plague? Are we, are we going through this? Second, they went through a shut-in. Exodus 14. Pharaoh said it out of his mouth. I have shut them in. What have we gone through? A shut-in. Number three. They were on the shores of the Red Sea being pursued. If you look at the map where they were at on the right, they could not go to the north. They could not go to the south because of the terrain of mountains. So there was a pursuant enemy from the left. We have a party of the non-religious, anti-God that wants nothing more than to shut down our religious liberties. They showed it before the election. And they are pursuing a nation right now to try to overcome it and bring what Pharaoh was, a victory that they want to try to stop Jehovah God. Now listen to me. The nation was at a standstill. This nation is at a standstill as we are waiting for what God has declared to come to pass. They also, with this pursuing enemy from the left, in a standstill, the nation was extremely afraid. Some of you are extremely afraid because you are looking at the pursuing enemy and what they're declaring and what they've declared. 
Yet something that God said in Exodus 14 is, Moses, why do you shriek unto me like a girl, basically? Sorry, ladies. But that's what he's saying. Why are you shrieking unto me? Lift up your rod! We are at a place in this nation right now that we need to use the authority that has been given to us in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we are at a place in this prophetic narrative. We've been through plagues. We've been through a shut-in. We have a pursuing adversary from the left. Come on, I didn't make that up. That's what they said. Look at their party, uh, what they stand for. You can go to their page and see all the things that they stand for. So Israel, a nation, was standing there, but watch this, afraid. But God did something when Pharaoh declared himself as one who would rise up and had the victory. They've already declared the victory. November 7th, they said that 46 existed. And God said, ah, wait. You can announce it all day long, but this thing ain't over. Now, here's what's amazing. Once... Pharaoh announced himself to have victory. God's hand moved. And he forced a nation, and he forced a pursuing enemy from the left to all look at something that had the word red attached to it. This nation was going red that night. You have to be blind and purposefully not wanting the right for life and the vote for life to deny it. Your hatred for the president or whatever it is, I always vote among party lines, whatever. Yet God opened the nation, the way for the nation, and what did God say two months ago to you? He said, this nation is not going backwards as you suppose. I have released an anointing of preservation and one of the things that happened when God's hand moved was the Bible says that God saved or preserved the nation out of the hand of the enemy. That's one narrative. The other narrative that we have is how many of you understand the story between Elijah, the mighty prophet of God, a true prophet of God, who a Jezebel, a woman named Jezebel that had a demonic spirit on her, hated him. In fact, look at uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. This is, our, this is our text for today, but it's also the prophetic word of what God wants. Believe in the Lord your God, so you will be established. Believe what? His prophets, and you shall what? Prosper. Now, before I show you 1 Kings 18, put up 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. This is extremely important, because this is where many are at and what they have done. Preachers quit selling out to the culture. Quit selling out to the fake news. Quit selling out to the spirit of this age. I understand that we as preachers are to pray first for those that are in authority. And we are to embrace those that will be our elected officials. However, it is not official. It's based on what the news already pre-planned. They had this thing down to a science. And you are adding your agreement. Be careful. Whose side are you on? And if that's all the boldness you have, 
you ought to reconsider why you preach this sacred Bible. Because it's about numbers. I would rather stand in the honor of God and his intimacy of what he has spoken to me than sell out by the faces of the people. Well, are you going to repent? Why do I need to repent? You're basing that off of an accusation off of what the news declared on the night of the election. First Corinthians 14.5, please put it up. Every scripture that I quote, please put it up for people around the world to see. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. People rushed to judgment before an inauguration. Before a verification, a certification. And before somebody has to answer the questions. What happened to my vote? And why did 200,000, 400,000, 600,000 votes for the man on the left who declared himself to have victory? Answer that question. Why it appeared in an hour, two-hour time frame just enough so that it could put themselves over the red wave that was happening. That is unacceptable to anyone who wants, like God said to me. He said, do you think that I am an unjust judge? Do you think, Hank, for a minute that I want to see this democracy absolutely given into the hands of fraud and stealing? Jesus said in John 10, it's the devil that steals, kills, and destroys. And that's what we're seeing. And you need to stand up as a patriot as a citizen of this nation and kingdom, and say, no! Well, you're just mad. I am righteously mad. This is not the way elections should be held. Judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. In other words, there's a time that you have to wait and not rush to judgment, not agree with the proverb of the land. Because why? God has an agenda. He will bring to light the hidden things of what? Listen, our prayer ought to be, if there's darkness, bring it to light. If this is true about these fake ballots, bring it to light. Not, I just want my man, whoever that is. I want justice. I want righteousness. And I will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Now, let's talk about this prophetic narrative. All right, we talked about Pharaoh and Egypt. But the other narrative we're seeing played out, and this part is really, I guess you could say, grievous to the Spirit of God, that preachers, people, have absolutely stoned prophets, intercessors, Christians that have prophesied that God's desire, will, and intent was to reelect this president. And so they've gotten on the bandwagon and began to stone them and demand they repent and they're calling them false. They're attacking their ministries. 
In 1 Kings chapter 18, I want you to look at verses 3 through 4. In 1 Kings 18, verses 3 through 4, something begins to happen. And God asked me a question, and I want to say it to you because this is very serious to the Lord. When President Trump was elected in 2016, you began to see the power of a spirit of Jezebel. And I'm not just saying because there was a female candidate that was running at that time. But let's face it, what she was standing for did not represent, whether you like it or not, what you and I in this nation as Christians are fighting for. She said it out of her own mouth. She went on record. But a spirit of Jezebel now, Jezebel is actually dead. We also know that she existed in the book of Revelation, but there's a spirit, there's a demonic spirit. How many know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6? So what we're seeing in this nation is a spiritual battle. And some people and preachers are absolutely aligning themselves hook, line, and sinker with this, this spirit of Jezebel that does nothing but create false narratives and fake news. Jezebel, the way that she controlled her kingdom and the kingdoms was to bring fear by having 450 false prophets, the fake news that were part of her kingdom that would basically control the mindsets of the people. If the prophets would say what Jezebel wanted, they could use manipulation, which is witchcraft. They could use control to create a false narrative that people would believe. So the fake news ruled in the days of Jezebel. We have seen where it's been the news that has absolutely dominated. They don't report the news, they create the news. I don't think anyone in their right mind who wants to look at things fair and balanced would say that that's not true. When I went to school in eighth grade, they talked about communism. They said one of the things that, that has caused nations to slip into socialism and communism is called propaganda. And it's done by you're not allowed to, to listen to the news. They create the news. And that is the news that you see on posters, on television. And you're not allowed to know anything else. So in the days of Jezebel, she had 450 prophets that were speaking false narratives. And they hated the true prophets of God. And she attacked the prophets of God, just like some are today. Because they don't understand what's going on. They don't understand the spirit that is trying to drive this nation to go backwards in a different direction. But look here in 1 Kings 18.3. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was the governor of the house. Now, Obadiah, what? Feared the Lord greatly. Now, that's important. How many of you fear the Lord greatly? How many of you watching? Then let me speak to you as a servant of the Most High God. Whether you like it or not, I don't care. If you fear God, shut your mouth. If you are attacking what God said about this president being reelected, you get into agreement with God and what he said. Because the most sacred thing that there is, everybody's talking about this matters and that matters, and I'm not getting into the political rhetoric of what matters, what should matters, and you don't understand. I'm not saying that. There is something that triumphs over every matter and every issue of the heart, of the life, no matter how much injustice. It is the heart of God. That's what I fight for. True prophecy through his prophets, they never said about Jesus, who is this man who has great accuracy? 
Show me the verse, I'll eat it. They never said about Jesus, who's this man that speaks with great accuracy? False prophets in the Bible had great accuracy. Nay, uh, uh, Balaam was the most accurate false prophet in all of Israel. It was, do they carry the words of the king that when it's spoken, your bones rattle? You feel God. You feel authority. You know that they're not speaking of their own, that they carry the weight, the sound, the feel of God himself. And that is a sacred thing because you're representing the heart of God. So to attack the prophets at this time and the intercessors and those that were carrying the voice, the will, the heart and intent of God is to side with the spirit of Jezebel. Because this thing has not been, been contested truthfully yet. It's not been settled yet. Jezebel, spirit, wants you to side with her so she can do verse 4. My question is, though, do you fear God? I fear God. If this man needs to repent, I will repent before God first. Don't you demand it of me. And then if I have to public, I'll do whatever God wants. I fear him. Verse 4, for when Jezebel killed, cut off the prophets. Don't you understand what she's trying to do? That spirit, she's trying to make it look like God is a liar. His prophets are a liar. She's trying to cut them off so she can rule the kingdom. And we and preachers, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, is hooking right in with that, with a wimpy, absolute spirit that doesn't stand for anything anymore because it's all about numbers. Are you willing to say something at the risk of losing everything? Watch this. God asked me a question, and I ask it of you. Who are you going to side with? Are you going to side with the spirit of Jezebel? Or are you going to be Obadiah? Obadiah took, put it back up, a hundred prophets and hid them. Verse 4. Rather than attack the prophets with the wrong spirit, they said, no, we got to protect the prophets. They're speaking for God. Those of you that have been attacking the prophets, you don't fear God. Obadiah feared God and immediately went to the defense of the prophets. Now, if the prophets are purposely trying to deceive you, then they need to repent. But here's what you have to understand, and I'm going to teach you. There are conditions that go into prophets and prophecy and even things with elections. Let me just say this. We are so quick. You know, in the Old Testament, they stoned people, prophets. And they always say, well, it's because their words didn't come to pass. But you know, that was not just a mandate of stoning the prophet. It really wasn't so much their words, even though that was part of it. It was what their heart intent was and what their agenda was. And it was if they were to draw the people away uh, unto false gods away from God. And in Deuteronomy 13, you can read it, that same statute of stoning of, of, a, of a false prophet when they would turn people's hearts away from the Lord, was the same statute that was given to any relative, your mother, your brother, your sister. It was, we don't ever talk about the stoning of them. But if they were guilty of the same thing the prophets did, according to that, they were stoned as well. We never talk about that. Now, in the New Testament, we don't see stoning. We see 
1 Corinthians 14, when the prophets prophesy, come on, 1 Corinthians 14, the others are to judge. The other what? The other prophets. Let them judge whether these are true words or not before the people begin to pick up their stones. Now, here's what you have to understand something. When it comes to judging prophecy, let me ask you this question. We are so quick to pick up our judgment. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, what did I tell you? Judge nothing before it's time. Here's what we do. Let me ask you a question. Jonah, how many ever heard of Jonah? Okay, what did Jonah do? He prophesied to a territory called Nineveh. Did his prophecy come to pass? He said, thus saith the Lord, in 40 days, you're out, you're, this nation's over, or this, this territory's over. Did it happen? No. Why was he not stoned? Why was he not stoned? God dealt with that prophet. Believe me, true prophets will be dealt with. God has no problem holding us accountable. People often say, well, preachers are just after the money. God holds them accountable. He did with Eli, who was robbing the people. Let's go a step further. What about Aaron? Aaron did the exact thing, Moses' brother, of what, what defines, according to the Old Testament, a, a, a false prophet. Here he drew the people purposely away from the Lord to worship a false cow, a, ba a Baal, basically. And here, if there was any time to enact the law that was just given into the hands of Moses, it would have been at that time. Because God, God and Moses were having a glory meeting, and God said to him in Exodus 32, Moses, you get down there. There is a stench, and there is a sound. The people have corrupted themselves. And he said, get there. Go down. And Moses had the law of God in his hand. And if there was a time to implement the stoning of a false prophet, which Aaron did at drawing the people away, it should have been right there. But why wasn't he stoned? In fact, there wasn't repentance. He blamed the people. They threw this gold in and out came this cow. You're a liar. Because again, we don't understand some things that we are so religiously bound and immature about when it comes to Certain things like prophets, stoning of prophets, judging prophets and prophecy. Now, let me share something with you. When it comes to elections, we have to be more mature about this. And I'll tell you why. This is not an excuse. If you think this is an excuse, do me a favor. If you're watching, click me off. If you don't like what I'm saying, you're free to get up and be about the cabin. Now, listen. If you want to hear what I said, put your seat in an upright position, your tray tables, buckle up. When it comes to elections, why are we so stinking ignorant and immature that we fail to realize we are not under a theocracy like Israel was when God would speak to a prophet and say, go and anoint this one as king. Nobody voted on it. Nobody had an opinion about it. It just was the word of the prophet of the Lord. And people had to trust that prophet that he was speaking accurately for, from the Lord. Today, for example, look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. The Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Samuel? Go and anoint him as king over, over Israel. And that's what he did. There was no vote. There was no democracy. 
in elections in the United States of America, God has shared many times his heart, his will, and his intent. I've had God prophesy through my lips political candidates that he was not endorsing. But was saying, you are choosing this because of the evil of your heart. You are choosing this. This is a Saul. This is, this is not my choice, but it will happen because this is what you're choosing. And so you have to understand that every presidential election, no matter how accurate the prophecy is, yes or no, is subject to democracy. It's subject to a vote. If it's automatic, why vote? If it's automatic, why does the devil try like hell to falsify it? He understands and is more smarter than most Christians. There is a process, there is a condition that has to play out. Most people, I was talking to Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce when they were in our church for our conference. And they said, you know, a lot of the prophecies that come out of your mouth and, and Chuck Pierce and different ones... And, and, and God begins to share his heart, which is true prophecy, his mind, his heart, his will, his, his intent. People say, well, this is automatic. They, they, the last election, 2016, I don't know, 50-some million didn't vote. And they just think that it's automatic. Okay, well, it's been prophesied, so we don't have to do anything. And they don't pray. Prayer and prophecy has to go together as well. How many get that? It's just not that, okay, they prophesy, we don't have to do anything. Anna and Simeon in uh, Luke chapter 2 were in the temple praying out the prophecies. They didn't go, oh, well, the Messiah is supposed to come. Oh, and you don't have the revival meetings. No, they, had, they prayed nonstop and fasted and travailed and worked that thing until it came into manifestation and, like Jeremiah Johnson said, across the finish line. This is where we're at. Now, the second thing that has to happen is we have to understand that there is Human choice, when God is dealing with the nation, he will oftentimes see what you will choose. The if factor. If my people, which are called by my name. God looks to see what we will do. In Jeremiah 18, in verses 7 through 10, God specifically says, at what instant where I speak concerning a nation, if I want to and my intent is to destroy, to pull it down, if that nation whom I've pronounced these things to destroy it or not to bless it, if they turn from their evil, then I will turn. Now watch, verse 9. But yet if I want to do good things for a nation, give my church religious liberties, stop abortion, if they choose something different and don't obey my voice, I will repent of the good wherewith I said that I would benefit them. Now here's what we have to understand. When it comes to how God looks at things regarding the nation, you have to say, okay, God, what is your will? What is your intent? What is your desire? What have you said through people who have track records that have been accurate? All right? How many are hearing me? Now, where we stand right now in our nation... I want you to go over to Numbers chapter 13. We're in a place where it's not so much has the prophets missed it. And so we're going to pick up our stones and write about it all over social media. God is asking, are you going to side with Jezebel or are you going to side with Obadiah? And are you going to bring a prayer coverage over the prophets and those that are speaking right now so that the heart, mind, will, and God, his agenda can go forward? You've got to pray it through. 
Now, in Numbers chapter 13, you see that there were 12 spies, and they all had a prophecy given to them. The prophecy was simply that they were to go in and drive out the giants. God had given them the land. It was their promised land, but they were going to have to do what? It wasn't automatic. It was what? They'd have to work for it. They'd have to work for their Donald Trump. They'd have to work for their religious liberties. They would, even though God said, hey, you're well over to, to overtake it. You just have to get in agreement with what my heart, mind, will, and intent is. How many are you getting me? So Prophet Caleb gets up after the 12 spies come back, and 10 of them, just like in 1 Kings 18, you had 10 tribes to the north ruled by Jezebel. Are you listening? Two to the south. And the prophet puts the 12 stones in order, Elijah. Now watch this. 10 to the north, 2 to the south. Here you have 10 prophets that sides with the spirit of Jezebel that did not want them to take the land. And they, Jezebel, wanted, it was a fake report. It was an evil report. And it was more convincing to the nation than it was a few lonely prophets called Joshua and Caleb going, wait a minute. God has said we can take it. God said this is what he wants to do. God says I'm the leader to lead this, this movement. And what happened is, notice, and Caleb, verse 30 of Numbers 13, quieted the people before Moses and said, hey, let's go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. But the men that went up with them said, oh, no, we're not able, and they had a wrong spirit, and caused the whole nation to go a different direction, and God had to wait what should have taken 11 days. The reason this thing is going to play out over the next 70 days is because I believe we thought it was automatic, and we didn't use our faith and our prayers to push it through. Also, some of us went against God's plan and voted left. Look at Numbers 14. It takes a different spirit. We're in a place right now. It's not so much, oh, the prophets have missed it. It's, are you going to believe the Joshua's and the Caleb's, the, the minority voices that have been the majority of God's heart speaking, saying, no, God is, you know how I know this? I say this in the first service. How many of you ever heard of Kim Clement? People quote him all the time. So, so it was back in, what, 2007. And I was asked uh, to go, and I, I didn't know Kim, and uh, didn't know much about him. So I went, and I met him, and we met privately with Mayor Giuliani at that time because uh, we had a word about a gatekeeper. We had a word about uh, a New York prophecy. I had, I had been carrying it since 9-11, that God said that from the place where the towers fell, that he would raise up a president and he would give them for each tower that fell, God would give this New York president, one who would be born there. How I many you know Donald Trump was born there? Represents a tower, right? Trump Tower, World Trade, all that. So it was a sign. God then went on to say when it would happen. He said in the 240th year of America's reign, which was 2016. So I'm watching all of this before all of this stuff going on in the election. So I'm not moved. God said, I'm going to raise up a president out of New York and he will be given two terms. This is my desire, this is my heart, this is my will, and this is my intent. What would you do if you love and fear God more than man, and God spoke that to you, and you have the prophecies before what happened, what would you do if you were the vessel? 
Would you side with Jezebel and give in and cave in because you're afraid of the faces of the people? And that if you're wrong, who's going to stand with you? Come on, that's real anguish of true prophets. However, what drives me is God in his face and what he has said that I fight for. Now listen. They had a different spirit. God is looking. Look at Numbers 14, verse 24, a different spirit. So I met with, with Kim that day, and I, had, I didn't really know much about him. He walks in. He looks like, a, like one of these old prophets or something. He's got this long hair, and he's got this robe. Looks like a king. He's got these boots. And he walks in, and he's got this huge, I, I teased him. I said, man, you got like a six-foot by eight-foot calligraphy book. And uh, he just laughed, and he looked at me, and he said, look at you in your suit, man. You got... You know, he goes, I got long hair, you got short hair. He said, you got, you're all proper. He said, and, and look at your little notebook. I had a little dot matrix thing that had my prophecies in it. He didn't release his words out to the public. I didn't release my words out to the public. And he stood in front of me and he said, why is it when I look at you, I see me? And I'm not trying to be him. I'm just telling you what he said. He said, we both carry the same sound and anointing in the earth for this nation and assignment as well as the nations of the earth. He said, I feel like I'm looking at me. But he said, here's the thing. He said, look at you. You're a different representation of that same anointing. And he said, in fact, you're going to stand in a place that I'm not allowed to and that I won't. But you will. And you will bring these words into the future. He's in heaven. And the, when we opened his calligraphy book, and I opened up my dot matrix print thing to present what God was saying... His mouth was on the floor. My mouth was on the floor. We said, how in the world we have not released these prophecies publicly that are almost saying the same thing, that God is going to raise up a president out of New York who is going to bring this nation back on course and his desire is to give him two terms. And I, I said uh, that not only is it two, the two towers, two terms, but it will be two presidents that God will raise up, not from New York, but one will be from New York, but another president will rise after that will keep the nation on course. And so, um, why would I change? So I'm contending for the heart of God now. I'm contending like Joshua and Caleb saying, no, we are able. Quit caving in. We are able. The word of the Lord, God wants to bring, but it takes a different spirit. Now let me do this for the sake of time. Could they come up to the piano, please? Are you enjoying this? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach more uh, on this next week, but I want to just leave this with you. One thing, it is a dangerous thing to attack the prophets. Psalm 105, verse 15 says this. It says, touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. And I just, I say that because it's a dangerous place right now, especially when things are still being worked out, played out, carried out. And so I just want to encourage you. Are you going to be an Obadiah? Or are you going to side with Jezebel? Which will you choose? Now, for the sake of time, I don't want to keep you much longer, but I'm going to teach you next week about what I call FCC. I'm going to talk about, how many know the Federal uh, Communication Commission? It controls the airwaves in the natural. You can go ahead and play, please, so I'll, I'll begin to shut up. Um, in the spirit, you have FCC also. You have, you have three components that make up your ability to hear the voice of God or to discern the voice of God. And I say this because you have to understand there are three realms in which information 
comes to you or manifests in the earth. Number one, and we'll talk about this more in detail, and those of you that are watching, I'm, I'm wrapping it up here. Number one, there's the media. It's the information center, okay? Most people believe whatever the news says, they're going to go with it. And I'm here to tell you, I said something on Flashpoint where the Spirit of God came on me in prophecy. I wasn't expecting it. In fact, to be honest with you, to be very vulnerable with you, and I'm going to say this, Bernard, when they showed, how many saw that video of Bishop Harry Jackson on that show? When they showed that video, they showed it pre, because we have to check our audio. So Lance was there, Mario was there, uh, Pastor Gene was there. And uh, we, were, we were warming up our mics, just making sure we can hear. And they said, okay, play that, uh, that, that video from Hank's Dream. They said, now I'll play the other video. And I didn't quite know what was coming. And all of a sudden, they played that tribute video. And I lost it. And so when I see people attack and attack, I'm like, God, I lost my best friend. I lost a warrior. That man had more medals on his mantle, but he had more battle scars on his body. And so I said to him, I said, I had to get off the set. I, I, I almost wasn't going to do the show. And I said, I, have to, I just have to get, I just have to, I can't do this. He said, what if we cut your mic and we cut the audio and you just sit there and if you can't do it, you don't have to be on tonight. I said, okay, let's try it. And thank God they didn't. I, and I went for it, man. I, 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 my eyes were puffy. My heart was, was aching, man. When you lose your best friend. I loved Bishop Harry Jackson. He was my bosom buddy, man. But I remember the word of the Lord came and I wasn't ready for it. That's how I knew it wasn't me. And God said something very clearly about his intent for this nation. I don't know if you remember the prophecy. And he said something that shocked me regarding the information and how. You all remember, and I'm closing, Mark 5, where there was the, uh, the man with a legion of demons. You all remember that, and those of you that are watching. And uh, he controlled the airwaves, you could say. He controlled with fear and, 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 and rage. People were afraid. They, it was like the, the, the media of that day. But when the visitation of Jesus came, it shifted everything in the information stronghold, and God made a preacher out of him. I believe that the networks are about to be shaken in such a way where you're going to see people like Tucker Carlson, you're going to see Lou Dobbs, Hannity, Laura Ingram, to name a few, J Judge uh, Janine, I have a feeling they're gone, and they're going to go to another network. A new network's going to rise up, and God is going to take out this spirit of Jezebel. This is why you've got to wait, because God always waits for a showdown. If we are in a prophetic narrative of 1 Kings 18, why are we caught between two opinions? Verse 21, where Elijah, the true prophet of the Lord, is, is basically fighting for his life because he's carrying the sacred heart and word of the Lord, and yet... Everything looked convincing with the 450 false prophets under Jezebel. He was outnumbered. They wanted Elijah to concede so they could kill him and take over the nation. Yet God brought a showdown. And in the end, the fake news was cut off and God's prophet stood in the land and his words reigned true. And after that, something happened, which is the next thing that's going to start happening over this nation. There's something appeared 
the size of a man's hand. Rain. What does that speak of today? Once this showdown happens, and God is going to show off, I believe, over the next few weeks, it's to bring his hand over this nation to bring the visitation that he has promised. Amen? Stand to your feet. We'll talk about the three realms. Number one is the media. They control a lot of what happens in the earth. The second realm is the warfare realm. And it's, it's, it's why prophets should not get involved in prediction, even though their prophecies may have a predictive uh, way of forthtelling, where it tells you the future. But prophecies are conditional, okay? And the third realm is the throne room. And so we're going to talk about FCC. We're going to talk about what that stands for when you judge prophecy. It stands for faith. You need to mix every prophecy with faith. You need to remember every prophecy has to have what is called uh, human choice involved. You have a right, if, a, if, if I give you a personal prophecy, you have a personal choice to reject it or accept it. Same thing when God's dealing with nations. The third thing is there are conditions on that prophecy. That's what FCC stands for. And we're going to talk about that next week. And we're going to rightly divide. I'm going to talk about prophets. We're going to show, okay, so... Uh, you know, how do you judge prophecy? How do you judge prophecy? What should you do if their words don't come to pass? We'll get into some of this, and uh, hopefully we'll get some clarity. My prayer is that the spirit of truth will reign louder than any, any false uh, narratives or whatever that are out there. All right, Father, we thank you right now for this nation. We thank you for your precious people. As we said today, God bless America. Have your way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, in closing, I pray that you'd bless you, these precious people. If they're afraid, comfort them with the peace and the shalom of your spirit. Open their eyes that they may see truth, the right perspective, and hear clearly. And I thank you for it. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you turn around, smile at somebody. I love you, and I'll see you later. I love you. I'm praying for you. God bless you.